airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for tuning in. I'm Nikki. And I'm Will. And uh, we've got a great show planned for you today. We are going to ultimately come to rest on a discussion about purity and how um, we can continue training our kids and uh, imploring our kids to pursue purity. It's not a hot topic much Mm, these days in the church. It should be. (laughs) (laughs) It should be. It is not um, an issue of the 90s, um, as we have explored on past broadcasts. (laughs) It is something that we need to be talking to our kids about today. And so we've got a guest, Rihanna Sanford, on with us to discuss her book, The Identity of Purity, A Teenage Girl's Guide to Sexual Purity. And um, I'm looking forward to that uh, jam-packed with um, great points that I think we sometimes don't think of when we think of purity. Mm -hmm. And just so you can remind me, Will the Great, in case I go too far and I forget to go back to this, uh, one of the things that Rihanna writes in the book um, that is a hurdle to purity is pride. Mm. Not something we often think about, right? Mm. But if you kind of take a step back, Mm -hmm. and it kind of makes sense that there could be pride present and someone's failure to pursue purity or even a lack of understanding what purity is. So I want to talk to her about that, and we're going to do that in the next segment and uh, then, I guess, for the remainder of the program. Um, Before we do that, though, I've got two stories here that I wanted to throw into the discussion um, just that I found interesting. You know, um, we are, again, all aware of what's still going on. Right. And uh, there are interesting headlines out there to be mined from the news And I think worth discussion. And so this headline grabbed my attention. I just wanted to throw it out to you and uh, and see what you thought about it as well. Google searches for prayer have skyrocketed amid Mm. coronavirus outbreak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was a paper that uh, was uh, released yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, Title of that paper in crisis. We we pray religiosity Mm. and the covid-19 pandemic. Yeah. Uh, The number of searches on Google for the word prayer have greatly increased over the past few weeks as the coronavirus has garnered headlines, according to a new research paper. Um, The woman's name is Jeanette Sending Benson, and she's the associate professor at the University of Copenhagen. And uh, she's the one who's uh, authored this paper. And it's really interesting because uh, she points out that Google searches for prayer have intensified in like 75 different countries around the world. Wow. Google searches <laughs> for prayer wow. have intensified in 75 different countries around the world. And in fact, she goes on to say in this paper that search intensity for prayer doubles for every 80,000 new registered cases of COVID-19. Mm. Okay. Now, not like you might think. You might think, you know, mm-hmm. deaths that are reported. No, cases. cases. Right. Every time 
um, there are cases, the search for prayer doubles for every 80,000 new registered cases of COVID-19. And this is what she writes in her paper. In times of crisis, humans have a tendency to turn to religion for stress relief and explanation. The 2020 COVID-19 pandemic is no exception. I document that Google searches on prayer have skyrocketed during the month of March 2020 when the COVID-19 went global, when the COVID-19 outbreak or pandemic went global. Um, It's interesting to me, though, that she says that the searches in areas that are largely Christian, that are largely Muslim, that there's no different, that no difference. There's been an increase in the search, Google search for prayer. Um, without respect to the predominant religion uh, in that in that particular country. Mm. One of the other things that she points out, and then I'll get your take on this, is that even in Denmark, one of the least religious countries in the world, they have seen systematic increases in Internet searches on prayer. Wow. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Well, number one, I think this is a, an example of what happens most time when we have uh you know, some, some some big event like this that happens, mm-hmm. people turn towards God, whether they don't, they, you know, previously, if they haven't like uh, depended on God or yeah. even thought of God, when things like this happen, people turn towards God. Absolutely. And it's sad because usually what happens as well as when things pass or time pass between that the event, you know, uh, people usually go back to their normal prayerlessness or just back to what they were relying on so i mean it's a it's a good thing that people are praying but but my thing is you know um how many what i would like to know is how many uh conversions come out of situations like this because i think those are the ones that's like man you know um praise god Mm -hmm. hopefully they're you know I guess it's hard to get hooked into a church right now because churches are closed. <laughs> right. But that there right. will be some some uh, discipleship and some growth in those people. But as far as people praying more, I think that it just makes them feel like better. And, you know, they're scared. So they just kind of I'm going to turn to God now when I haven't thought about him at all in the past. You know, those kind of things are yeah, sketchy. Well, you know, I think to the the point that you're making about conversion, I agree with you. I think that that's a that's a there's a huge difference between people Googling prayer, praying and knowing um, the God of heaven. Right. Coming into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. There's a huge difference. But I would say that that's why we as believers are installed here, that we are still here. I mean, we're the ones who are supposed to come running up alongside the chariot and say, do you understand what you're reading? Amen. Like we're supposed to say, do you know to whom you're praying? Do do you know the God of heaven? Like we're supposed to say the Lord God most high is the one who can answer your prayer. He is the one who can respond. And I think that's where we have to fill in the gap. Like I I agree with you. I don't think it's enough to just stop at, oh, people are searching for prayer. Right. Or people or even to say people are praying. But I think Christians have to be strategically placed, which, by the way, I would say that we already are. I would say that Christians. And how do I know that? Because Acts 17, 26 tells me that. Right. Acts right. seventeen twenty six tells me that by God's sovereignty, he has placed each and every one of us within the boundaries of our dwelling and even determined when we would live there mm-hmm. so that we would search for him yeah. so that we would seek after him. Yeah. And he's not far from us. So I would say that in response to this, I think you're absolutely right. 
the big question is what it's what we saw after 9-11. Right. Where churches were packed out. People were searching for answers and they were looking for answers beyond themselves because we know it is it is built into our design. We know that we're not the end. And it's amazing. It's, it's, not a, it's just amazing us. what happens during these times because you either have people searching for God or people, you know, beginning to hate God or where was he? You know, it's, it's like mm-hmm. those responses, you know, but uh, I, I, I think which is interesting, right? Because yeah. these same people would be like deniers. Right. Somewhat. Somewhat. But at the same yeah. time, then you need some force to be angry. at. Right. Right. And, and a lot, ahead, a lot no, I was going to say a lot of good come out of tragic situations. You know, where people really, you know, look at that and, and, and they take a look at their lives and say, man, I better get right. You know, yeah. and, and a lot of a lot of them know where to go. You know, yeah. based upon maybe how they were brought up or raised and they, and they begin to, to turn back towards, you know, what they know is, is real. And it really yeah. makes a, a, a change in their lives. But that's far too many people that you run up uh, up against these situations and you begin to look towards God and say, I need help. But then as soon as things ease off, it's back to life. You know. So let me just offer this by way of uh, practical suggestion. Um, this is, you know, discipleship is huge. Like we really believe that, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to be equipped and we're supposed to be trained to live as believers. We're holding the line in our generation. So by way of practical insight, and, and you might be thinking of some of these ways in addition, Will, but when we talk about increased searches, Google searches for prayer all around the world, all around the world, Um, Think of where we are right now. And so the question is, then how do we turn that into um, an eternity with God for people? How do we turn that into an eternity with God? Well, for example, when we are having to make those necessary runs where we have to go out and, and do the things that we need to do. In the midst of maintaining our six feet of distance, okay, I'm just going through all the, the checklists, all right? Yeah. Um, so you happen upon people. I don't know if this is happening to people. This is happening to people. There is this sense of, man, yeah, we need to pray, man. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Like, we're, we need to pray. So I think for the Christian, we need to be thinking through how we can drill down on that. Yeah. Like, how we can um, go one step further than what is presented. So for example, it might sound something like, well, that's interesting. Who are you praying to? Hmm. Now, a lot of us live in kind of like Bible belt areas, right? A lot of us right. live in, in places where people might look at you and be like, you know who I'm praying to. What you talking know? about, Willis? <laughs> but what happens is it opens up a conversation yeah. for you to be able to identify if that person knows the person to whom they're praying whether or not this is just sort of a rote response or this is something that we just do because it's like a lucky lucky rabbit's foot Mm -hmm. or you are aware that you're talking to the god of heaven i mean the ethiopian eunuch was reading the prophet isaiah right but he still didn't know what isaiah was saying he's like tell me is he talking about himself or somebody else so there was philip There was Philip who was dispatched, okay, to go and be there to respond to that question. So a person can be, just if we extend the example, reading the scriptures Mm -hmm. and still not really know. And how do we know that by the end of Philip's conversation with this Ethiopian eunuch that he understood? Well, because the Ethiopian eunuch is like, well, hey, look, there's some water. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) What's what's to stop me getting baptized? Right, like, right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I guess what I'm what I'm looking at is how do we go beyond the headlines? And to your point, how mm-hmm. does this turn into 
converts where people get to spend eternity with Christ. Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, I think when you look at it now, it may, you may think it's hard to like begin discipleship because we're supposed to keep our distance and all this kind of, you know, and churches are closed, but we are the church. And so right. the thing is that, you know, we have, if people are looking online or, you know, Googling prayer, what that means they have access to social media and everything else. Right. There are different ways that we can use those things that we usually use for, you know, frivolous reasons or just for our mm -hmm. pleasure to, to, to use to, to, you know, to advance the kingdom of God. And I think that we can stay, we can try to stay connected in those ways, you know, to make sure everybody, like one thing that I do is I try to send text to guys that I know who, you know, I, I meet with and different things like that. Yeah. And just from time to time, how you doing, man? What's going on? This and that, you know, stay connected in that way. And that speaks a lot. You know, you can ask about, you know, how's it going with your walk with the Lord right now? What's going on mm -hmm. with you? You know, I think we got to utilize the technology and everything that we have to our advantage in this situation. And so discipleship and, and keeping those connections can still take place even during time like this when we're supposed to be, you know, apart from each other. So, and, and let me say this and, and will, I know, you know, this, you share this with me. I mean, we, we, we talk about this. Um, this is a part of our training, our background in ministry that when you have times like this, where people are so scattered and um, <clears throat> excuse me, isolation is like a given um, these are the opportunities where the enemy seeks to pick us off. Oh, man. Yes, indeed. So so when you are out of fellowship, when you don't have any connectedness with other members of the body of Christ, you're going to see other temptations rise. Yeah. OK, you're going to see other things that vie for your affection. Exactly. And really, it becomes open season on the believer. Exactly. It's like, well, you know, who's going to ask me tough questions? Go ahead. Because we, even when you're around people, when you have when you when you have fellowship and things like that, the enemy looks for those isolated times. Even then, when you're yep. by yourself, when you're away from the fellowship, when when you're able to, you know, fellowship and do all the things like normal to to uh, attack. And so even more so now, like when we have, you know, these, uh, you know, distancing things going yeah. on and trying to stay, stay safe. Man, the enemy can flood, you know, because we still have devices. We still have well, even media. more we so, have, even more access exactly. to it. And yeah. so now yeah. the enemy is like, ah, I don't have to contend with the people of God yeah. in his life. Oh, let man. me just come on with this, you know. Man, it's it, we have to be vigilant. We have to it's, be vigilant. It's wicked. It is. It is wicked. Oh, yeah. And so we have to be vigilant, as you say. We must be on our guard. I would say to those who disciple, let us be seeking out ways to do this. Zoom can work also for Bible studies, I <laughs> imagine, on. right? It doesn't yeah. have to just be, you know. And then also for the people who are seeking to be discipled, let us also pursue those people who can help us. Let us not hide during mm, the coronavirus social good. distancing. All right, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break and be right back. Back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you for spending this time with us. We appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And as Jada producer, I'm going to wait. Um, did, did you plan that? Were we talking about purity? Oh, no, no I didn't. Well, we're praise thinking, God. Okay. Hey, sometimes well, that happens <laughs> like that. 
I'm just in the spirit on the Lord's day. Well, <laughs> just thinking that was kind of that was kind of one of those um, cryptic songs. It was, you know, it wasn't one of the, you know. No, nah, I didn't it plan like, oh, it. I put it in last minute too. I didn't, That's I just, funny. Well, I mean, praise God. Maybe some other people don't think it's funny, but come go with us, guys. I mean, what else are you going to do? Uh, come on, you need to laugh a little bit. Um, anyways, welcome back to the program. We are going to delve into the topic of purity. And uh, we're going to discuss the book, The Identity of Purity, authored by our guest, Rihanna Sanford, who is also a music minister. Hmm. And she serves in ministry with her husband. We're going to get a little more background, introduce her to our audience for the first time. Uh, We'll let you know how you can get your own copy of this book. And then in the last segment, we'll open the phone lines up. If you've got questions about purity, maybe training your kids Uh, talking about purity with your youth group, things like that, that you think we have not explored, then uh, we'll open the phone lines and you can be a part of the conversation. But first, Rihanna, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, it's great to talk with you. I've kind of communicated with you on social media, so it's great to put a voice with the messages. I know. I'm so excited. This is such a treat and such an honor. I really appreciate you guys inviting me on. So why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and writing this book? What compelled you to um, just sort of, you know, reiterate that purity is still a concern and that we still need to have these kinds of conversations? Absolutely. So, um, so like you said, I am, I am a mom. I am a wife um, through through uh, no no plan of my own, um, did we we actually started pre- um, pastoring, planted the church, and pastored when we were like twenty two and twenty three years old. Like we were fairly young, and um, this is no plan of my own. Like I said, but um, that was just it was what the Lord had in store for us. And um, during that time. Um, I was, we were in a really super small town, um, a town of about 350 people, um, super small. And I'm a city girl from St. Louis. So this was, this was God's sense of humor at play in my life for sure. And, um, (laughs) and my heart was breaking for these kids because I grew up in a very, um, a very strong, um, very powerful, very um, active youth group. And it was very, it was huge for me and my walk with the Lord. And so my heart was breaking for these kids in this small town. Um, you know, they had very traditional churches and whatnot, but there, there was nothing happening for these kids. And so, um, so God really put a burden on my heart to begin to minister to these teenagers. And when I saw things like, um, you know, uh, hearing about these girls that are cutting their wrists and they're sticking their fingers down their throats and doing things that really just kind of showed mm. they were having a hard time accepting who they were. Um, I just, I began really just kind of looking at and seeing, okay, God, what does your word say about us? What does your word say about us as females? What does your word say about us as your creation? And it wasn't until several, several years later um, where we weren't even, we weren't even pastoring anymore, but I had a friend contact me because she had a vision for um a, a program for mothers and daughters to go through together called Becoming, and it was based on um, helping helping women and, um, and young girls learn how to become a pure woman of God. And she knew, she had heard much of my heart, you know, from many conversations about um, 
you know, what a lot of our youth were going through. And so she asked me to write the devotional for the girls to go through while they're going through this program. And I didn't know anything about writing anything, y'all. So it was it was definitely uh, this is all about <laughs> you, God. If you want me to write this, you will have to help me, you know. Um, and he did. He was faithful and um, led me through every step of the way. And it was so well received by all the women and the moms, uh, the moms and the daughters that were going through the program that I decided to go ahead and make it available for the rest of the world to get their hands on and um, just kind of made a few changes and whatnot uh, to it. But um, it is now um, just, it's been one of those things where I just never expected, you know, I never expected to write a book. I never expected to be an author, but God really worked through um, the burden that he had on my heart for young, for, for young ladies. That's good. Let's do this then. Let's turn our attention to the book, um, The Identity of Purity, and then let's do sort of like a big picture and then um, kind of work our way in from there. So you start with the two questions that we need to sort of think of before we explore purity. What is God's design um, for purity and why should I care about purity? How do you train or how do you teach young girls and and I know that the book is targeted for young girls um but at the same time I understand that there are parents who are raising young boys who say man you know we need to have these conversations as well so when we can generalize we we can um I know that there are going to be some things that apply to one gender and not to the other but um how do you explain to a young girl or a young man God's design for purity Absolutely um and you're you're definitely correct in making that assumption that a lot of what I talk about can be, um, you know, it can go both ways as far as for for girls or for boys, but, um, you know, God's ultimate design of purity and the idea of purity really just has to do with, it's about the heart. It's a matter of the heart and your heart being more turned towards God. Um, And and also in seeing yourself the way that Christ you. Uh, so we talked a lot about, you know, having the identity of Christ and, and what that means. And for a lot of us, especially, you know, as, when we're young, we don't really know what that means. We're so bombarded by uh, the media. We're so bombarded by our culture and what's cool, what's not cool, what's pretty, what's beautiful, and, and so on. And so, um, so, so when we think about, you know, purity, um, it really just has to do with understanding how to how to how to turn our hearts towards God and the things that he's called us to and making that a priority in our lives um, over some of the yes. things that especially especially as teenagers you know we put some other things like our friends or you know the what the hottest music is right now on the radio or TV or you know movies just whatever the culture has to uh, avail to us at any given moment. And so, um, so, so that, that really is what I've, you know, wanted to kind of turn people, turn, turn the reader's eyes to, and the girls reading this book was just to help them understand that they have a creator and that their creator had something Mm -hmm. in mind for them. That was so very special. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they're in tune with that, 
um, they are able to make choices and decisions that not only glorify their creator, but it actually puts them in a place that they want to be. It actually allows them to live a life that's way more fulfilling than um, just kind of falling, you know, or compromising or being susceptible to what the world has to offer. You know, Rihanna, you do something in the book that is absolutely my favorite thing is that you define uh, terms using biblical terms and that you you take our attention to what the word of God says and use that as your backdrop. And I'm so glad that you do that, because a lot of the things that I think historically we've turned to, we've kind of borrowed a little bit here from the culture and then taken a little bit from the Bible. And then we try to make something cool and trendy. And then our kids or our youth groups seem to outgrow that. And they're like on to the next thing. But I think we need to put our full weight on um, the trustworthiness of the word of God. And so having said that, um, you talk about purity as an issue of the heart. It is a thing of the heart. Unpack that for our listeners, because I'm going to tell you, I know that when a lot of parents hear purity, they think of behavior modification. I just want my kid to do pure. Like, I just want them to do pure. You know what I mean? Like, just just be a good person. But this is an issue of the heart, and this is where we need to begin, correct? Right. And you're right. And and there is a difference between, you know, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. It's like there's, there's holiness and there's good. You know, there's good and there's, you know, acceptable um, but then there's holiness. And that's why I wanted to come from the perspective of the Word of God, because um, it is our blueprint, right? There are, there are so many shifting standards in our world today, it makes it very difficult um, to really understand, well, what is good? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we just, can't, we just can't go to any one person and be like, what's your opinion of good? What's your opinion of good? You know? Um, so the only thing we really have that, that is solid and that's, um, not like shifting sand is the word of God. And Amen. so, um, you know, so in the book, when I am describing what that's like, I kind of use, again, I wrote this for the mind of a child, you know, to yes. be able to grasp and kind of use a little bit of language um, to kind of help keep them, you know, so that they can follow. But in the, in the book, I kind of describe a wedding cake and I describe... Yes how important it is for when a, when a chef is making a wedding cake um, that they are not only focusing on how gorgeous the wedding cake is on the outside. It's not always about how beautiful it is on the outside, on the exterior, on the surface of things. It's, it's more, it's also important and even more important on how it tastes. The whole purpose of a cake is to eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It is to be consumed. It's to be, and that's its whole purpose. And so, so the idea is to kind of, um, you know, make sure that not only is it gorgeous on the outside, but even more, it tastes amazing. Um, and the problem that we see in today's world is a lot of times we, as females and as girls from a very young age, we're really, we're very, very concerned about our exterior. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, and, and honestly, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter 
how pretty or not someone says that we are or not. Although I know it's something that we want to hear. Like I've heard both shows that you guys have had with Miss Phyllis <laughs> <laughs> on on the show talking about just stop calling me beautiful, you know. Yes. And that is something that so many of us, you know, as females, we have struggled with that because it's way it's it's like a banner in our face of of that's what we're supposed to strive to be, but it's not. What we're supposed to strive to be is more like Christ, and mm-hmm. and essentially, I go through all of these scripts, all of these chapters that are helping them to see how can we be more like Christ? How can we turn our hearts to be pure um, and be more like God, um, even through peer pressure, even yes. through um, you know the 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 things that we see on TV and the things that we hear on the radio and even through pride, like I'm, like you mentioned in the first segment, like even through all those things, how can we turn our heart towards Christ? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, because all of that, if we can kind of keep all that in in our minds and in our hearts and in our in our in our spirits, because that's what we want. We want to be more like Christ, and you're ultimately going to make decisions that are going to be honorable. Again, like I said, not only to God but to you. And whoever your future spouse is, it's just going mm-hmm. to like cut out a lot of things in the middle that can be avoided if we can just make sure that our hearts are turned towards God and all he has for us. That's good. You, you know, Rihanna, um, even in the conversation of uh, purity as it concerns, like even guys, you know, I, I've had times where, you know, guys, uh, well, girls will say, well, it's the guy's fault if he um, if he's looking at. A, a woman a certain way uh why do i have to like tone down my dress or you know look this way so that mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know and feel uh like i'm an old maid I, I should be able to dress this way how would you address those type of statements you know because mm-hmm. i know for guys guys are visual you know and it's the right. same issue as with girls it's a hardest issue if guys are not being modest but when it mm-hmm. but we I, I would speak for guys and say hey we need help. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. when, sure. when when girls say, well, it doesn't matter how I look, you know, just look away. How would you address that? <laughs> Again, back to the heart issue, right? And mm-hmm. that, that if someone is responding that way, they're not being conscious of, of their brother, mm-hmm. right? They're not saying, oh, okay, I'm, that's not what I'm intending. You know, they're definitely putting their own wants and needs over whatever it is that the brother is saying they're having issues with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so again, back to the heart, you know, um, I talk about in Colossians, it says, um, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, and did you know that we could apply that to how you dress? Like mm-hmm. it, even <laughs> Yeah. If we can apply it to how we eat and the things that we make decisions, how we mm-hmm. live our lives, we can apply it to how we dress ourselves. And so if I'm if I'm a female and I know that I am heavily endowed in certain places, I need to be mindful of how can I dress myself that's honoring to God. Because mm-hmm. if it's honoring to God, then it will then also be honoring to our brothers you know, in in the same light and thinking of them and understanding that, okay, this is something, I don't want them to stumble. You know, mm-hmm. I, I care about them enough to understand that, um, you know, I can have, I can control what I'm doing yeah. in regards to being a stumbling block or not. 
And yeah. just thinking about that, like God help me be help me be honorable to you, but also be a blessing to my brother. You know, I think in getting back, and I know we're coming to the break here, but in getting back to where you started in this attitude of the heart, this position of the heart, it starts at a very young age. We sometimes just think of like sort of the big fruit where we are wanting our kids to not engage in premarital sexual activity. But I think we need to think more deeply about this and desire that they have a pure heart, that they're not sensual, that they're not desiring to stir up those kinds of emotions in the opposite sex. All right, we've got to grab the break. We'll come right back with Rihanna Sanford and talk about purity. Stay close. Welcome back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. And today we are talking purity. The identity of purity is the book. And we are interviewing the author of that book, Rihanna Sanford. If you want to get a copy of this book, you can go to RihannaSanford.com. And I'll spell her first name for you. R-H-I-A-N-N-A, Rihanna Sanford. And I guess I'll spell the last name too. S-A-N-F-O-R-D.com, RihannaSanford.com. And the book is The Identity of Purity. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Flame featuring V-Rose with the lights. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us now. If you have a question to kind of toss into the mix or uh, maybe a brief comment or whatever, as long as it's on the topic of purity, then you're welcome to do that. Uh, The phone lines are open at 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. I know that we can't explore every area or every question that our listeners have about purity and about training um, their young girls or their young men, um, but we'll do our best. And so you can be a part and help us maybe fill in some of the gaps if you think there's something that we haven't explored. 888-589-8840. Rihanna, one of the things I wanted to do um, as the calls are being queued up is I wanted to talk about some of the hurdles to purity that you discuss in the book. And of course, you lead with number one, maybe the biggest, I don't know, um, the media. What role Mm. does what our kids consume play in their ability or even their desire for purity? Uh, The media is is huge. It's huge um, because, and even more because I wrote this book probably about seven or eight years ago now, so it's a little (laughs) bit on the outdated section as far as the media goes, but, but social media now has had has it has such a role to play when it comes to how we're viewing ourselves as well. Mm. Um, especially when you think about, you know, how how I see our young girls portraying themselves um on social media, on on social media platforms. And so it's not only just about what they're watching, but it's what they're looking at. Because mm-hmm. they're looking they're seeing something and they're and and there is Something inside, depending on where your heart is and where your mindset is, there's something inside that might say, I need to look like that, or I need to throw my tail out like that, or I need to, you know, to get certain amount of attention that this is what I'm supposed to do to get a certain kind of attention. Mm-hmm. And so it's, media is huge. And, and so this is one reason I know is I have boys, I have a 16-year-old daughter, but she is a, 
she um, has severe special needs, and so a lot of the things that we deal with her is not necessarily what the average person will be going through with a 16-year-old, but Mm -hmm. I do have two teenage boys. And, um, and so, well, I feel you, you know, when you say <laughs> you come from, you know, I want to come from a, from a guy's perspective as well. A lot of times, and my husband is really helpful without, with those kinds of conversations as yeah. well, but we specifically did not give them phones when they were younger, that they could be looking up things from videos to pictures mm-hmm. to, you know, being on social media and things like that because of the fact that we know how visual their little brains are. Yeah, And we know how big of an impact that makes on a mind that is not even fully mature yet, right? It's mm-hmm. not even fully formed yet. Um, so when I speak to parents, I just try to encourage them very much so. Don't feel like you have to give in to what culture says that is popular just mm-hmm. because your kids are asking you. For That's it. so good. Um, it, is, it is well worth waiting for them to mature and waiting for them to be ready for that. Oh my gosh, it breaks my heart when I think about what some of these kids are seeing on a normal basis because their parents gave in to saying, okay, yo, you can have a phone and you can have, you know, this app and this app and this app. Our, our kids finally got phones, but they don't have apps on their phones. Mm-hmm. We use a special service that doesn't have apps on their phone. And so, um, and they're 13 and 14 years old. And that's going to be the case until we feel like they are ready. You know, That's to be able to so have the wise. responsibility mm-hmm. of of what is available to them, you know, uh, in in the world and with the media. You know, it's really, really interesting. Be... Go ahead. No, I was just thinking it's parenting. Like what what you're describing is parenting. It's where you are calling the shots. You are there to do that. You're not there to just say, oh, this is what the culture has determined. And then we run in that direction. I mean, it. Right. you have to go against the grain of the culture. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're suggesting that we do as parents as it pertains to purity and protecting our kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's no... You know, especially, again, with media and what what we're seeing, the fashions and the things that are happening, this kind of goes more into um, kind of like the modesty chapter. Um, But, you know, the fashions are changing every time you turn around. There's something new that you should be wearing and how you should be wearing it. Um, And so this, again, kind of falls to the responsibility of mamas out there. Even it doesn't matter how nice of a figure your kid, your daughter has. Mm -hmm. It is your job to be her protector. It is your job to be her example of how to package herself. And so if you're, if you're a mom and you're out there and you're just trying to dress her to, to feel like she's like your little Barbie doll or something like that to to dress and whatever is quote unquote cute to today's fashion. Mm. What I try to encourage is, be careful what you're asking for. Like you have yeah. to be mindful of what you're the message that you're that you're communicating to your child. Yeah. What is the message that you're communicating to your child in regards to how you want her to carry herself? You just want to dress her up on the outside and that's what you're saying is important. Or are you willing to invest in her heart and her heart set and and helping her to understand how can she be more like and be closer, you know, to the creator? To her creator um, who has so much more in in mind you know in store for her I, I just That's wanted to so say I'll tell you too you know as a father you know and, and Mika you tell me this you know um, and I see it you know the the compliments and the responses of how a dad reacts 
to what his daughter is wearing has a big impression, makes a big impression upon them. That's right. Them, you know, for their mm-hmm. for their security. You know, they they feel like, okay, daddy's cool with it. And even, you know, uh, they'll come to me and say, is this all right? And if I yeah. say no, you know, let's go and change. It's too tight yeah. or it's too this or that. Yeah. This is something that needs to be passed down, <laughs> you know. It's um, ready to move on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think <laughs> as a dad, you have to you have to be involved. You know, just the other day, uh, my oldest daughter was getting her her hair fixed and, and everything and, and getting ready, and all I said was nice, and and yeah. <laughs> and she it she lit her up. Whole, you like, know, it was amazing. Yeah, it doesn't I, matter if I say it. I could say, "Oh, that's great. <laughs> that looks great." It's like thanks. <laughs> But Will says that. it, and it's like it just came from like the emperor. I mean, it's just it's amazing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's important. It's important. It is very important. Let's try to squeeze in a couple calls, Will the Great. Okay. Where do we go first? Let's go to let's see. Let's go to Victor in Mississippi. Hi, Victor. How are y'all doing this evening? Doing good. Good. God bless you. Good. Good. Uh, I really enjoy y'all's show. Thank so you. I have a uh, a, a son that um, he opened up to me the other day, and um, he's 17, and he told me him and his girlfriend have um, had sex. And it, um, I'm really at, 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 I really don't know what direction to go with mm. this. Um, I just told him, you know, that I'm going to pray about it, and I'll talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. And um, with this virus and everything, they're, they're kind of locked down, and everybody's kind of separated at this time. But it's going to come a <laughs> point soon that we're going to all sit down and discuss this. Yeah. Mm. Y'all have any advice for this? Wow. Great. That's a great question. Yeah, and that is a great question. And, and, and let me say this probably, first. Yeah, go let ahead. Say, uh, you taking time and, and praying about it first is not a throwaway. That's what That's you need right. to do. Because so the wisdom good. that we get to talk to our children or to talk to anyone about any situation is from the Lord. And so, Amen. number one, I just want to um, affirm that because sometimes we we hear I'm a prayer about it and, it and it's kind of like a throwaway in our minds. And mm-hmm. no, you need to do something. Well, Come prayer on, is man. doing something. And so That's I just so want to affirm that. But I would I would first say, yes, it would. After you get the wisdom from God, I feel like you, you do talk to your son, you know, in a in a he's 17. So in a straight up way, you know, and 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 share with him. I don't know if he's if is he a Christian or does he profess Christ? Or or yes, not? Sir, he does. We're, we're actually in ministry. Actually, I'm a, I'm a pastor. Oh, okay. Well, he professed Christ. Well, I would go straight to, look, we make mistakes and everything like that. You need to repent for, for your sins. But I would show him even from the scripture, and he may already know this, but I would reiterate, you know, uh, how God feels about this. Because this is something that has to break his heart. And he has to go and repent if he hasn't Amen. already. And and sometimes we bypass that. And, you know, but that's something if he has a relationship with God, as he's saying that he does. Well, that's something that he has as a 17 year old young man uh, in his relationship with God to go to God and ask for forgiveness and get that right with God. And as far as the family going forward, if his heart is broken over that and he repents to God, well, he needs to do some other things <laughs> as far as distancing and, you know, uh, go ongoing mm-hmm. with this girl that it does not happen again, because those are the sins that will keep cropping up, keep popping up, you know, if we don't put the boundaries in place. And that's 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 off that's the top right. of my head. That's what I would, would would say, you know, because prayer will give you all the right words that you need to say, because the Lord will guide you and lead you. Because I know this is a sensitive type Amen. topic, 
you know, but beyond that, we have to be bold and have to be strong, uh, strong enough to talk to our children about this in a godly way, especially if they're professing Christ. That's so good. And can I just say, uh, and I think um, Rihanna will, I think you guys would agree with me. Um, Victor, it says a lot about your parenting that your son came and confessed this That's to you. That's true. Because Absolutely. there are many kids who you would never even know. You would never even know. And in fact, I think yeah. that there are quite a few Christian parents who don't know who would prefer not to know. <laughs> they would know. rather just yeah. have this picture of their kid that, hey, mm-hmm. and, and don't know and kind of would prefer not to. Some yeah. would want to know. But I would just like to commend Victor because I know. In a situation like this, you know, the enemy pounces. Oh, so man. the enemy is going to tell Victor that he's a failure. Look at what you have done and look at what right. your son is and you you're in the ministry and anyone. all of these yeah. things. Yeah. Exactly. And so this absolutely, to Will's point, requires great prayer and great intercession. Mm-hmm. And then also, I just would like to commend you as a father that your son felt comfortable enough to come to you. And so now you have a starting point. You have a starting point. Let's do this. Let's go to another caller um, and then we'll get Rihanna's response as well. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Rosalind in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Rosalind. Hi. Hello. How are you? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello. Are you there? Oh, oh maybe not. Okay, we have one. <laughs> we we can go. Did um, we lose Rosalind? I think so. She's she's not answering. Okay, let's go to Carol in Texas. Hi, Carol. Hi, this is Carol. Um, I want to say first and foremost, love your show. Awesome. I try and listen to it as often as I can. Unfortunately, I'm usually at work when y'all are airing, so I have to listen to podcasts. Oh. <laughs> since I got you on the phone today, I want to talk about the fact, you're welcome, talk about the fact that what Rosalind was saying about, you know, being able to stand the tide of the peer pressure of other parents and other, you know, teenagers and things of that nature, um, I have a situation to where when my children were younger, I wouldn't even let them read like Harry Potter or, you know, the Lord of the Rings or watch their movies or anything like that, because I knew that it was coming from a dark source. And I have stood the ground many, many years on that. Uh, my oldest is fixing to turn 28 next year, and my youngest is still 16. So, um, and many years in between. The point is, is that I have a hard time explaining it to my other friends and my family as to why I did that and why I would continue to do that um, as a parent. Do you have any suggestions for that? Rihanna, why don't you take this one? Oh, Um, so are you speaking about in terms of um, like Christian friends that are that you have? trouble explaining why you make the decisions you do in regards to like Harry Potter or anything else? Yeah, I have like, I have two nieces that are very Christian oriented people and, Mm -hmm. you know, one's a Catholic and and one's a Baptist. But the point is, is no matter, no matter who I'm speaking to, even if it's Christian or non-Christian, you know, when my kids tell them, oh, I never watched that movie or whatever, then they automatically turn on me and it's like i don't know how to explain to them other than the fact that god gave these children to me to raise Mm -hmm. and 
ultimately I have to stand firm and believe that what I'm doing is right. Okay, Carol, let, let's the let's, longer I can, let's, amen, answer, let's answer that because we run out of time. Go, go ahead, Rihanna. Okay. Only got a minute left. Go ahead, Rihanna. About what you do, period, in your life, whether it's how are you raising your children or what, you have those convictions because God has put them there. Holy Spirit put them there. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, you, there's no, you don't have to feel like you have to explain yourself to anybody, first of all. But second of all, you can stand on scripture that you know that is there that supports why you make the decisions that you make. And that should be enough. You know, that's mm-hmm. enough, and you can stand tall and hold your head That's up, good. all knowing that you are being obedient to the Word of God, and you are being a steward over the children Amen. that He gave to you. Amen. We got to leave it right there. The book is "The Identity of Purity." You can get it at RihannaSanford.com. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.